It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the AmeriChicks. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. So you made it. It is Friday. So congratulations. Uh, it's uh it's always great to get to the end of the week. Let's uh, let's go through our little bookkeeping items here. First thing, uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. As I go to work and think about what the show's going to be like, we, we talk about guests that, to bring in. Uh, always wondering or thinking about what is it that you, you all would like to, to hear, what you need to know. And, and to talk about these without so much emotion, but let's get back to principles. Let's start to move people out of these these issues and let's look at the real principles let's look at the real issues and dissect those because we've got to take the emotion out of these uh the the rhetoric and the politics that we see in america today but uh, there's some major things to chat about the first thing you probably know that alexandria ocasio cortez has uh, basically launched the new green deal and i copied it off it's uh, several pages long, and there's a lot of information in it. It's actually going to be my homework this weekend. Uh, but we really need to take this seriously. Uh, you know, I think that there certainly is a whole lot going on in the Democrat Party now. The Democrat Party is lurching to the left, to the progressive, activist, socialist left, if you will. And uh, this is a culmination of years and years of a strategy uh, going through, basically taking over, I think, um, our education system, our higher education system, uh, taking over many of the mainline churches that no longer uh, preach the gospel but preach social justice. Uh, obviously, our media uh, does not tell the truth. We saw that with the Covington boy, uh, boys there at the March for Life with the Native American that, that walked right into this young man's space beat a drum in front of him, and then the mainline media was skewering this young uh, young man until the complete uh, recording was, was, um, was released and people saw what the truth was. And so this is a unique time in America, what's going on. Uh, we need to take uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez seriously. Steve, you and I were talking about this before we went on the air. Somebody is pushing her agenda. Yeah, I, again, I'm developing a theory on her based on what we saw 10 years ago at this time. Once we figured out that Barack Obama probably really didn't have the nation's best interest at heart, people started asking questions. Well, where did he come from? He came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a story unto itself. But I'm starting to develop the same thought processes or patterns for AOC. Where did she come from? And and now she's here. She's being pushed right up to the front. She is she is being pushed right up the, to the front. So now let's think about it. First of all, uh, Susan Kochevar, I think, texted me the other day when we were talking about the, the State of the Union address and all the women dressed in white. 
Uh, and you mentioned that, Steve, that she's, uh, producer Steve, that she's right there front and center. But she's wearing some pretty beautiful clothes. And you got to wonder how a young 29-year-old former bartender, former uh, community activist or organizer is coming up with the money to just wear the clothes that she's wearing. I mean, it's, it's kind of astounding. Keep in mind that was it right just a few weeks after the election in uh, this past November and into December, she was kind of getting some press because she was, I can't afford to live in Washington. How am I going to make it here? And you know, like doing GoFundMe until she was actually starting to draw her congressional pay. Mm-hmm. Well, and she is, okay, so let's talk a little bit about this new Green Deal. It is, I think it's about seven pages long. And there is no way that she did not come up with this on her own. There, this is clearly an agenda that has been out there for many, many years. Uh, she graduated from Boston University with a, she majored in international relations and economics. And you've got to wonder what kind of economics they are teaching these young people when you take a look at what the, what she is proposing here. And the overview is, she says, we will work, we will begin work immediately on Green New Deal bills to put the nuts and bolts on the plan described in this resolution. And it's a massive transformation of our society with clear goals and a timeline. Its resolution is a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American, every aspect, get it, of American society at a scale not seen since World War II to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions. And then she says, and create economic prosperity for all. She says it will move America to 100% clean and renewable energy. She thinks it will create millions of, I mean, you go out and you decimate the fossil fuels industry, and she thinks she's going to create millions of, of uh, family supporting wage union jobs. Union jobs. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty much astounding. The other thing is, is and I, I hope people realize that FDR who was, you know, really pushed socialist policies, uh, came out with a Bill of Rights, and she said she wants to build on FDR's second Bill of Rights by guaranteeing a job with a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations, and retirement security. At that point, I do have to just jump in here. I loved President's State of the Union, uh, President Trump's State of the Union address. However, he did put in there Family leave, government-mandated family leave. And I, I'm not comfortable with that. That is not, that's not the proper role of government. And it is clearly a leftist policy. But maybe he was just throwing them a bone. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? You know, I, I'm glad you, you picked up on that. Uh, but you, your ears are more finely tuned than mine. I guess that kind of went sliding right past me. But you're right. I mean, the, and the, the same... I'll, I'll throw something out there and basically say it's the same thing for this green thing that AOC is throwing around now. What is the role of government? And and we keep on grasping these extracurricular things and jamming them into the role of government. And it just starts to get so murky after a while and very costly. Well, and Steve, what's interesting is it's not just a progressive leftist thing regarding getting the getting mixed up on what the proper role of government is. Uh, you see that with Republicans as well. And, and, and on this national mandated family leave, I, I, I certainly 
you know, understand the merit. I support, you know, mothers and fathers and new babies. But, you know, being together, I, I like that. However, it is not the proper role of government to mandate that. And it will come back to actually bite young couples, uh, I think, because employers, when they're looking at this, they may not hire that, that young childbearing woman because they know that there may be some, you know, significant expenses to that. Um, you know, so I think anytime you get government out of its proper role, it may have the best of intentions, but the, um, consequences, the unforeseen consequences to that are so significant. So president Trump, when he said that, it's like, uh, but on the other hand, he then took that and he framed that within the value of, of a mother, a father and a baby. And then he immediately pivoted to what was going on with all this legislation in New York, in Virginia, regarding uh, basically abortion of children for sure in the third trimester and even in the case of Virginia in the fourth trimester. So politically, yes, it was probably brilliant because how can the left say anything about that? However, it's not the proper role of government. So I was a, li- a bit concerned about that, and it certainly is right here in Ocasio-Cortez's New Green Deal, which you got to know that there is big money. There's, you know, the big progressives have their hands all over this. So anyway, she says she wants to build on FDR's second bill of rights by guaranteeing a job with a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations, and retirement security. Who pays for all that? High-quality education, including higher education and trade schools. Uh, again, I don't think that that's the proper role of government. And when I look at what uh, what she has come out with her economics degree at Boston University, she doesn't know a thing about economics. So why should we be using government money to, to fund higher education? She brings new... <laughs> I mean, the term voodoo economics has been around with us now for, what, I don't know, 20 years? But she brings new definition to voodoo economics. Well, that's for sure. So there's, let's see, the next thing she says that we need to guarantee clean air and water and access to nature. We need to guarantee healthy food. We need to guarantee high-quality health care. We need to guarantee safe, affordable, adequate housing. We need to guarantee an economic environment free of monopolies. And we need to guarantee economic security for all who are unable or unwilling to work. Yeah, that one got a lot of eyebrows raised. They, uh, Laura Ingram was talking about that last night on her, her show on Fox. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely astounding to me. Now, I need to get into this because I was listening to one of the talk shows yesterday and apparently she's also going after uh, the flatulation of cows as well. Uh, and um, <laughs> Big topic in California. Yeah, well, you know, California, I think a couple of years ago, actually passed some legislation regarding uh, cow flatulation. And, um, How about you, passing hot air? <laughs> well, you know, and, you know, Steve, if you really think about it, I mean, when the dinosaurs roamed the world or roamed the earth, you, you got to think that there was some pretty significant dinosaur flatulation at that particular point in time. And, you know, when the great Possibly. bison herds, you know, went all, up and down the Great Plains, I mean, just think about the significant bison flatulation that we had. And we didn't need government reg- regulation on that. I mean, I'm, I'm a little shocked. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, it just goes beyond the uh, description. Um, my imagination is 
is stymied by. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's not let's be clear. Everything, mostly everything that you just read off from from her, you know, what she wants to achieve, they are honorable things. It's just the way. It's not what she's saying. It's the way they want to go about it, and what it how it's going to impact the country. I mean, obviously, she has the airlines' attention. He wants to, you know, get rid do, of airplanes, do away with scheduled airlines. Yeah. And uh, the funny part there is, or the humorous part is, all her counterparts from Hawaii, representatives <laughs> and probably senators alike, are going, say what? Well, actually, th- there's a few of the legislators from uh, Hawaii that I think it would be interesting to have them get on a solar powered airplane and, you know, see how that works get, getting back over to the mainland from. Uh, Honolulu. Or, or waiting for that high-tech railway to be built. Yeah, there, there you go. You know, I was just thinking about it, though. If we're going to start to regulate flatulation, just think about all those eighth-grade boys in uh, junior high school. I mean, it, it, the sky's the limit when you're talking about rules and regulations. So, <laughs> I, okay, you're shaking your head. I know I shouldn't have said that. So, <laughs> anyway, we're going to go to break. I actually didn't tell you. We've got this wonderful show planned, because there, but there's so much to talk about with Ocasio-Cortez. But in the third and fourth segment, you know, here she's talking about rules, regulation, and you mentioned their their noble cla- uh, causes because we we want to we want people to thrive and to flourish. And she thinks that government is the way to do that. Take a look at Venezuela. That is not the way to make it happen. Cre- creativity, innovation, people looking at challenges and saying, "Hey, I can fix that." And uh, we're going to have Chris Wright on with us. He is the founder and CEO of Liberty Oilfield Services. And uh, he, he saw a challenge, and that was uh, that there can be noise challenges near neighborhoods uh, with hydraulic fracturing. And so Chris took a look at that, and he came up with an idea where, in essence, uh, it is a quiet uh, fracking situation. Uh, and he, he developed that. He developed Liberty Oilfield Services. It's a fantastic company. And so we've got him in here to talk about innovations in energy. So he'll be in in the third and fourth segment. Uh, but before we go to break, uh, as many of you know, one of our, our valued partners is Hooters Restaurants. And it's a, a really unique friendship that had developed from when I was on city council. And uh, they actually came before city council for approval. Uh, one of the things we did is uh, their liquor license. And interestingly enough, we had people that said, we want to pick and choose which legitimate businesses that we have in our communities. And I realized that we've always got to go back to what is the proper role of government. And so if you are interested in learning about this whole story of uh, it's, a, it's a great liberty freedom story, email me at kimandamerichicks.com. Uh, and, and with that, uh, Hooters Restaurants is a really valued partner of the Americhicks. And uh, now that the Super Bowl is over, it's time to focus on the Nuggets and the Avs. And March Madness is right around the corner, too. I am a University of Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk fan and uh, love watching uh, March Madness. So Hooters is a great place to watch the games. Their specials start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And their wings can fly. You can have them actually delivered right to your doorstep. So when I have the girls over on Wednesday nights, I order Hooters new smoked wings. They're delicious. They're half the calories. And uh, so order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, more headlines. 
All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where I dissect issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, and uh, I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming events, guests, and and topics if you will uh, go ahead and sign up for my emails at the uh, AmeriChicks.com. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention uh, during the first segment, and that is this fabulous event that I am partnering with Dr. Tom Cranawitter and the team over at Speakeasy Ideas. It is Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. And uh, we are going through the Federalist Papers here in 2019. We are meeting on the fourth Monday of each month at Water's Edge Winery. And uh, what could be better than studying the Federalist Papers, uh, some fabulous wine, great food, and uh, it actually, I know it's disappointing, it is sold out. It's getting close to sold out for the complete year. But never fear. Let me know if you would like to be added onto the mailing list. And don't, or not mailing list, the wait list. And don't give up. I was with a bunch of women last night, and someone said, well, I don't, I don't see why I should get on the wait list if it's already sold out. I said, we want to gauge demand. And when we can get to a point where we can actually... Uh, probably have another vino and veritas we will go back to wait lists and um, you know get that going as well as you know people sometimes have to drop out of a particular event last time i know that there were several people on the wait list that were able to attend so email me kim at americhicks.com let me know that you would be uh want to be added to the wait list for vino and veritas and we will get that done for you it is fabulous it is just so exciting that we are are doing that Another thing, as I jumped in, I was just so in, I'm just so concerned about this whole whole uh, new green deal with Ocasio Cortez, and I don't think that we can ridicule it. I think we have to realize that it is very serious. Now, at this particular point in time, it looks like Nancy Pelosi is trying to kind of keep the brakes on this, 
But Nancy Pelosi's not going to be there forever. This is the face of of that that far left progressive socialist um, wing of the Democrat Party that has really taken over the Democrat Party. And we need to take it seriously. So we need to know what's in this new Green Deal, and we need to talk about it and uh, keep it um, you know, at the forefront here because we're going to need to be talking with our, our kids, our neighbors, and our colleagues on that. But let's, let's uh, do something just a little light. I, f- I forgot to uh, do my uh, morning funnies for you, so here we go. In a Catholic school cafeteria... A nun placed a note in front of a pile of apples. It said, only take one, God is watching. Further down the line is a pile of cookies. And a little boy makes his own note, and it says, take all you want, God's watching the apples. Bada boom, there you go. So let's uh, jump into just a a few other headlines here. Uh, As you probably know, Elizabeth Warren is having quite a time regarding her heritage. Uh, apparently, many, many years ago, as she was applying for the a membership to the Texas Bar, she noted that she was American Indian. And I think what we're seeing is she used that narrative to really put herself ahead to try to get um, a leg up on, on the competition. Because, you know, perhaps she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, would not have been able to, uh, you know, get into the schools that she got, gets in, got into or, or to get into the uh, Texas Bar. If, in fact, they actually looked at the merits of her work, and that is one of the really um, challenges with affirmative action and, and these different laws that, you know, start to pick and choose winners and losers based not on merit but on some other kind of a descriptor. So she, it, she had indicated she was probably going to announce that she was running for president this weekend. I'm going to be very surprised if that's the case. I think the fact that they actually have the the photo or the the picture of her uh, application to the Texas bar where she noted herself as an American Indian is probably going to be one of the reasons she's not going to run for uh, president. And so there was a USA Today piece, I think it was yesterday, and I always find it interesting when people don't apologize when they've been caught in, in this case I would say a lie. This is what she said. Senator Elizabeth Warren apologized Wednesday for not having been more sensitive about tribal citizenship after the Washington Post published a 1986 Texas bar registration card where she had listed her race as American Indian. She just can't come out and say, I apologize because I did something wrong. And so it's going to be interesting to see what she has to say tomorrow. Um, Let's see, a couple of other things... Before you run away from that. Oh, I didn't look up and see that you had your ears on. I, this has to go down or will go down uh, you know, in modern political history as one of the biggest let-me-shoot-myself-in-the-foot moments. I mean, okay, this charade has been going on since, what, 86, that, uh, that mm-hmm. application to the Texas bar. Mm-hmm. And, all right, I guess you had a specific agenda in doing that, Ms., Mrs. Warren, but... I just can't. Every time the issue comes up, my only response is, who cares? I mean, at the point of having to put that out there, who cares? Now I care because you're obviously, you know, you're you're messing with people. And again, this big announcement that's pending, everyone thinks that, oh, she's going to announce her candidate or she's going to run. I'm thinking, no, she's probably going to say, I messed up here. Well, it'll be interesting, Steve, to see um, just how she will frame that whole thing. And and speaking of shooting herself in the foot, actually, somebody said that, somebody said a meme to me and said, 
she she shot herself in the moccasin. (laughs) So that's probably politically incorrect to say that, huh? So anyway, um, last thing, and that is, uh, this was pretty interesting. The Supreme Court uh, blocked a Louisiana abortion law. Uh, I think the decision just came down, and Chief Justice Roberts joined the liberal justices in that particular decision. And uh, basically, I think that they're they're pushing it back to the lower co- courts and having them take a look at it. But I just found that it was really interesting. Justice uh, Roberts does some things sometimes that I just scratched my head on, and this is one of those. Uh, he also, of course, was the deciding vote regarding Obamacare. And so people are very concerned about what does this mean. Uh, it seemed like it it made some sense to me regarding the Louisiana law. But uh, I think that abortion may very possibly be a very big uh, issue in this upcoming election. And, of course, uh, President Trump in his State of the Union address, um, you know, talked about the value of life. And, um, you know, so I think that that's going to be a very big issue. And I think it's important that we really have this conversation in America today because, you know, we have a generation, the millennials, they say, are actually much more pro-life than the previous generation. And I think one of the big reasons is is because these kids came home and they saw the, the little ultrasound picture of their little brother or sister on the refrigerator. And so that, that narrative from the radical feminist left, that is, it's just a, a, a clump of tissue versus a baby, they're going, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I really buy that. So I think through education, we have actually seen that people have made a different decision regarding abortion. And I think that education is really important regarding that particular issue. But let's uh, let's jump in. I mean, we've got such a big show planned. But one of my favorite guys is on the line here, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management. Jason, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing really good, uh, Kim. You know, it's interesting with uh, these stories coming out with Elizabeth Warren, and I saw one the other day where they were kind of trying to take out uh, Klobuchar from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if the liberal smear machine is already hard at work to weed out the candidates that they don't want up on the stage. You know, that's a good point. However, you know, it's getting so interesting that there's almost nobody that is pure enough anymore for the far left progressive activists because at this particular point in time there is no host or hostess for the oscars because nobody is passing the the purity test and uh, they may get to a point where they may not even have a candidate for president if they keep this up the way it's going you know what kim you just ruined my day (laughs) i I was ready to watch the oscars and and all that and and now i'm not going to okay you're going to boycott it okay so well you know what you make me feel better though you're about the only person that i know that can tell me things about taxes and i actually feel better well, I'm not sure whether to uh, say something about making lemonade out of lemons or <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. Well, today you wanted to talk about some nice tax breaks that many retirees get, and they might not even know it. That's right, Kim. In our uh, state tax code, there's a provision called the Colorado Pension Annuity Subtraction. Well, that sounds inter- it sounds complicated. It sounds interesting. Why do you think many people don't even know they're getting it? 
Well, here's how it works, Kim. If you're age 55, the first 20000 of any uh, federally taxable income that you receive from a pension or an annuity <clears throat> is it's not subject to Colorado state income tax. And at age 65, the amount increases up to the first 24000 uh, But the reason... <clears throat> Sorry, Kim. Uh, income from Social Security or withdrawals from IRAs or 401ks also counts. So because it's not called the pension annuity 401k IRA Social Security <laughs> deduction, a lot of folks, they don't have a pension or annuity payment, so they don't realize that this also applies to them. You know, that's pretty. That's really good to know. That I assume it's twenty four thousand total per person, not for from each different source. So a couple of both over sixty five could have up to forty eight thousand dollars sheltered from uh, state taxes. Yeah, that's right, Kim. Wouldn't it be great if it was twenty four thousand each? But uh, yeah, it's capped at forty eight thousand total for a couple, and with our Colorado state tax rates at 4.63 percent uh that could save you 2222 dollars in taxes per year that is significant so colorado could be considered somewhat a retirement friendly in that regard i i think so kim some states don't tax social security or pensions at all and most states at least give some kind of a break like we do uh now if you're unlucky uh north dakota doesn't give any break. Their state tax rate's only about two and a quarter percent, but uh, Minnesota's state tax rate is between five up to almost ten, and Bernie country, Vermont, uh, their state tax rates are as high as almost nine percent, and neither of those states give any kind of break for uh, Social Security income either. So 8 or 9% in state income tax, that's a lot. So 4.63% here in Colorado doesn't sound so bad, um, but you're saying enjoy it while it lasts? Well, enjoy it while it lasts. You never know what will happen. Um, you know, I think one of the other reasons people aren't aware of this is really, Kim, no one does their taxes by hand anymore. Uh, they go to H&R Block or uh, somewhere else, and who really feels like sitting there and looking at all the numbers once their tax return is done? Or, you know, we use TurboTax, which I think is wonderful, uh, and it just kind of automatically calculates it in there. So I just think this uh, this break a lot of time goes unseen. You know, Jason, I learned so much with, with all of this. I had no idea about this, and I bet there's so many people that that didn't. So, you know, if people want more information, they can just read out, reach out to you at chickspresidential.com. I have my own landing page there with you. It's chickspresidential.com because you have all kinds of nuggets of wisdom and ways to help people as they're planning for their future. So, Jason McBride, thank you so much. Hey, one other question. How was uh, Tiki's birthday? Oh, she had a good birthday. Uh, you know, I got her some uh, nice flowers and uh, we're going to go have uh, sushi tonight with the whole family. That's what she wanted to do. So uh, she had a wonderful birthday, and thanks for asking, Kim. You are a good dad, Jason McBride. So you have a great day, and we will talk to you on Monday. Okay, Kim. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay, Kim Munson here with the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. I am so excited to talk to my next guest, Chris Wright. He is the CEO and founder of Liberty Oilfield Services. 
We're going to talk about innovations in energy because affordable, efficient, and reliable energy is what helps everyday, middle-class, hardworking people thrive and prosper. So this is Kim Munson. We'll be right back. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks, since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. My website is Americhicks.com. Be sure and check that out. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Sign up for my emails and I'll keep you apprised of all the news topics and events that uh, you need to be aware of. And uh, certainly regarding our Vino and Veritas, our Wine and Truth, the study at the Federalist Papers, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Craddenwinter on that. It is the fourth Monday of each month over at Water's Edge Winery. And it is basically getting close to sold out for the complete year. But never fear. Let me know if you'd like to be added to the wait list and we'll get you on there uh, because the demand is so high we want to figure out a way to uh, address that demand. But let's jump right in here. I am so excited to have Chris Wright in studio with me. He is the CEO and founder of Liberty Oilfield Services. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Kim. Great to be here. Um, Liberty Oilfield Services is uh, a really creative company. Um, and, and basically what you have developed is a kind of a quiet hydraulic fracturing uh, company, right? Exactly. Exactly. To develop oil and gas when you're near neighborhoods, there's impacts. So we've worked to reduce those impacts and maybe the biggest one being a, a hydraulic fracturing fleet, which is as much power as a 747 jet engine, but 500 feet away, which is the closest a house or a building can be to a frac site. You can't hear it. Well, we're going to talk about that in the next segment because let's talk about the big picture. And that is, I know that you have a real heart for... For what energy, affordable, reliable, and efficient energy can do for people's lives. And uh, my story is one where I totally appreciate that. My grandmother grew up in a two-room sod house on the plains of western Kansas with six brothers and sisters. And it's because I think of reliable, affordable, and efficient energy that her granddaughter, just you know, two generations down, down the, the stream here, I'm able to get in a car early in the morning, get in a warm car when it's like, what, 5 or 12 degrees out there, drive over to the station. I can, I have my cell phone that's made from a lot, there's a lot of petroleum products in that. I can text Steve, say, hey, we're ready to print the outline. I mean, I have my computer. I mean, it's made my life. I can, I can do so much. And it's because of reliable, efficient, and affordable energy. And you see that. That's been your life's work. 
Yeah, absolutely. I see two things that really enabled the modern world. The growth of human liberty, so not top-down, but when you let humans free to, to innovate and free enterprise, really only, really only let loose 200 years ago. That plus oil and gas is why we live twice as long today, why instead of having 90% of the world in extreme poverty, we have less than 10%, and we got planes, trains, and automobiles, and these lives we have today. So, yes, I'm very thankful for it. And I'll tell you, there's still a billion people in the world with no access to electricity. They want what we've got, and we need to bring it. Well, and how can we do that, do you think, Chris? How can we help them with that? The, the, well, two things. Their own governments are now spreading liberty. There really has been a tremendous rise out of poverty the last 25 years because our institutions are spreading over there. There's 130,000 people every day that rise out of extreme poverty meaning living on less than $2 a day. So it's growth in freedom, less corrupt governments, more rule of law, and it's the arrival of energy, first getting electricity, whether it's a coal power plant, whether it's uh, petroleum, oil, liquid petroleum, gas. When they, when they start to have energy like we do, as opposed to energy like our ancestors did, burning trees mostly, grass, sticks, mm-hmm. dung, um, when you get modern energy, you can have a cleaner, longer, healthier, richer life. Well, and to that point, biofuels, I, that would be like what you just described, wood and, and all those kinds of things. Is that right? Am I correct. correct? There is a lot of work in just trying to get all those fuel sources together so that you can keep your house warm. Or, you know, if you need needed lighting, you used to have lanterns or you had candles. There's a lot of work just to make sure that that basic stuff can be taken care of if you don't have access to efficient, reliable, and affordable energy. And, of course, all that work in traditional societies, and there's still, there's still over a million people living this way, all that work is done by women. So one of the biggest things when electricity arrives in your village, it liberates women. Women in a traditional society spend hours every day walking to gather wood, sticks, dung, whatever is available – and to gather water, to try to walk as far away as possible from where there's humans living, to try to get uncorrupted water. You bring electricity to a village, um, you have indoor heating fuel, LPG or electricity, and you've got a water pump. It, it allows women to become literate and live the modern world we live today. But the societies without modern energy, life for women, more than even the, the, the men, and life for children is dramatically different than our lives. You know, Chris, I had never really thought about that like that. I mean, you, you, would, think, you would think that all women would be all over this affordable, efficient, reliable energy. I can't figure out why we don't get the message out more. And, of course, in poor and traditional societies, they are all over that. They're all about that. It's the greatest inequality in the world today is those with access to electricity and modern fuels and those without you know, at the end of the show, I normally always do a quote. And uh, with you being on the show, I'm like, okay, what, what quote could that be? And so I, I've not read the complete book. It's, uh, I hope I live long enough to read all the books that I want to read, I tell you, Chris. <laughs> but the, the Moral Case for Fossil Fuels by Alex Epstein. I pulled a quote of his from there. And it's almost immoral to try to stand in the way of having developing countries you know, have access to reliable energy. I, 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 I think people, somehow they feel that they're doing a good thing when they're standing in the way of that. But, but, you know, when you really look at it, what you've just described, how it empowers women to have time to go do other things, I just don't quite understand why there's been such a movement to stand in the way of all that. 
I, I think it's absolutely true. And, of course, it's people that already have modern, reliable fuel. They just take it for granted. They think that, oh, it would come any other way. So, yes, the World Bank, the United Nations Development Program, big entities out there, they have now prohibitions on lending money for fossil fuel development. Well, the last billion people that got electricity got them almost entirely from fossil fuels. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's an ignorance and a dangerous and, I believe, immoral ignorance that's trying to prevent these last billion people from getting access to electricity to live the way we do. The amount of people that re- truly get their energy, reliable energy, from wind or solar or whatever the politically power- powerful energy sources is very, very little. Yes, it's, it's, it's frankly immoral to stand in the way of people to have lives like we have, longer, healthier, richer, richer in an emotional sense way. Well, let's see. We're going to go to break here in just a minute, and I have to ask you this question. We were ta- I was talking about Ocasio-Cortez's New Green Deal, where she is mentioning that she wants to have us to, I think, totally renewables within 10 years. I see that moving us backwards. I, I, I'm, you probably haven't had a chance to take a look at it because it just really was released yesterday. But do you have any comment on that, Chris, before we go to break? Yeah, of course. I've been, I've been following her wordings. And, and uh, there's a few countries, we have examples of it, that have tried what she's proposing. And Germany may be the biggest one. They've gone all in, hundreds of billions of dollars, to build a 100% renewable economy. Um, and the two impacts of it, in Germany, electricity is three times the cost of what it is in the United States, three times. And in their quest to do this, CO2 emissions, which was, in theory, the, the motivation to do this, have reduced less in Germany in the last decade than they have in the U.S. So the shale revolution, the arrival of cheap, plentiful natural gas, has done more to drive down CO2 emissions, but drive down CO2 emissions and make electricity cheaper. Investments in so-called renewables, and they truly aren't renewable, and they truly aren't clean, don't, don't, uh, don't reduce pollution. They mainly just increase the cost of electricity. And if you're wealthy, well, you, maybe you don't notice it. And you feel good about yourselves. But for the average person, uh, this, this reduces their quality of life. In Great Britain, another country that's gone all in on renewables, they now have thousands of people that die every winter because they couldn't afford to heat their homes. Energy poverty. It's a growing political issue in the U.K. and Germany because they have the impacts of AOC's uh, Green New Deal. They have the highly expensive energy that comes with it. Well, I think that we need to take her seriously. Uh, you know, I, I think that we need to make sure that we go through this New Green Deal and just make the case, just like you, you did, of what the, you know, how, what the real effects are if people don't have access to um, affordable, reliable, and efficient energy. And one other thing, Chris, before we go to break, and that is what we've seen is as we've used government policy or government policy has been used to make energy more expensive. And then we, we see these, you know, hardworking moms and dads that are, you know, their energy bills are going up significantly. Then the next thing you see is you see public policy that comes in and says, oh, well, we're going to, you know, create a program to assist you with your energy costs. And it becomes a, it, it becomes this snowball effect. And, and people don't want to be, I mean, I don't think most people want to be reliable, re, rely on the government. I don't think they, they want to have government programs to help them make ends meet. So if government makes something more expensive and then comes in and tries to help you afford it, it just seems like it's, a, it's something that's out of control and unsustainable. 
I agree 100%. It, it becomes a snowball effect. California is sort of the leading edge of that here in the United States. They have, think of how wealthy California is. California has the highest poverty rate in the nation. And one reason for that, one reason for that is just what you're saying. They're trying to remake their energy grid, and they've driven energy prices up. They've driven industry and blue-collar jobs out. Um, And, of course, they've got all sorts of other restrictions on human freedom and liberty. So they take Hollywood and Silicon Valley and aerospace and these tremendous industries in this beautiful state, which I lived in for 19 years. And with given all that, how do you create the highest poverty rate in the nation? It's large government trying to re-engineer and change societies. Oh, you nailed that, that's for sure. We're talking with Chris Wright. He is the founder and CEO of Liberty Oilfield Services. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, you, Chris saw a, a challenge, and instead of looking to government to fix that, he put on his thinking cap, and they came up with Liberty Oilfield Services, which it's a quiet hydraulic, uh, hydraulic fracturing system that is absolutely fascinating. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with with me is Chris Wright. He's the founder and CEO of Liberty Oilfield Services. And it is a really creative company. Welcome, Chris. It's wonderful to have you here. Thanks so much, Kim. Wonderful to be here and sit in this studio looking at a giant American flag. Isn't that great? I love it. So let's start off. Liberty Oilfield Services. I have a feeling that Liberty is not an accident that when you named your company. No, it's not an accident. It means just what it says. Okay. So hydraulic fracturing is actually, I mean, it, it's been getting a bad rap. Uh, there's been, all, and it seems, it seems like there's all kinds of issues that come up with it regarding noise or, you know, a variety of things. And, but yet hydraulic fracturing has, has made America energy independent and we are a net exporter of energy. Can you believe it? When it used to be, people talked about, we, we would go to war for oil we now, we now have enough, and it's, I think it's because of creativity and innovation of hydraulic fracturing. It's absolutely true. It is, look, I went to college to work on fusion energy at MIT. I worked on solar energy in graduate school and geothermal energy afterwards. I did all that because I was told when I was a kid in high school here in Denver that we were going to run out of oil and gas within 15 or 20 years. What would the world be without that? That's a horrifying idea. So I went to work on the next generation of energy. What I didn't realize was by far the biggest innovation in energy was going to come within the oil and gas business. And, of course, I I should have known back when I was young, there's no prospect at all of us ever running out of oil and gas. As I say, the Stone Age didn't end because we ran out of stones. So the, 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 the amount of oil and gas underground is immense. What's really been the limit is just the technology to extract it. 
But over the last 150 years, that technology has gotten better, continuously better, which is why today the known reserves, the easily producible oil and gas, is greater than it's ever been after 150 years of consumption. Isn't that amazing? So innovations in energy. Uh, you mentioned that the industry has continued to come up with, with new ideas. So, but hydraulic fracturing, uh, it's, it's an interesting process. I've, I've actually been out uh, to one of the sites and saw what Liberty Oil Field Services does. And I was absolutely fascinated. But one of the things that, that had been concerning to moms in some of these fracturing sites was the fact that it was so noisy. And so then you had city councils and you had, you know, county commissioners say, oh, well, we need to regulate the noise, blah, blah, blah. You're like, wait a minute. We don't need to look to government for this. You said we can come up with a solution. And you did. Tell us about it. Yes. Look, there's two oppositions to oil and gas. One is a broader, we hate oil and gas, climate change, we don't like capitalism. That's the broader one. But the local one is very legitimate. It's the noise, it's trucks, it's dust and all that. So we've worked to try to develop technologies to minimize that impact when we're in your neighborhood. And one of them, the one you're referring to, was to develop a way to make a fracture fleet, which is a bunch of pump trucks that have the power of a 747 jet engine. Think how loud that is when, we're, when you're at an airport, mm-hmm. if you're near a giant plane. So we worked for two years to develop sound suppression technologies. Uh, long effort, but a great congratulations to the engineering team to make a frack fleet that you can't hear 500 feet away. And if, you're, if you live in a house, the closest you could be to a frack site is 500 feet. That was the design criterion. Remove that problem. Well, I've been out to one of the sites, and it was absolutely fascinating. So, you know, if you open up the truck door, it's pretty darn loud. You close it. I mean, I don't know how you guys did it, but it's just so inspiring when, you know, I think Ronald Reagan said, you know, or I'm paraphrasing, but basically the only limits that we put on ourselves is the ones that we put on ourselves. Otherwise, the sky's the limit, creativity and innovation. And uh, so you worked on this for two years we're going to be getting close to the end of the conversation. Kind of let's sum up some of the things that you want to make sure that people know about uh, Liberty Oilfield Services and the process you guys went through. Yes, it, it, it's that problems that, that involve engineering or technology can, can be solved. Humans are ingenious. That Think of the Internet. Think of our cell phones. Think of everything in our modern world. A lot of these things we didn't think were possible 10 years before they arrived. Right. So when humans are free to innovate and serve consumer needs because what people want keeps changing. That's how progress happens. When someone up top decides to make a plan, which direction thou shall go, that's how you kill innovation, and that's how you slow the improvement in human lives. Well, and we've seen that play out in Venezuela. Venezuela, uh, I remember years ago, about 40 years ago, was, was a thriving, wealthy, prosperous country and now people are standing in line for food and it's not because they don't have the resources it's because of government policy and so as you mentioned if 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 we unleash the mind it, it, it's unlimited we don't know what's going to happen for sure throughout all of human history human life expectancy was sort of 30 to 35 years like i don't think we would be here today and then what happened a couple hundred years ago is we really reduce top-down control, think of the start of this country, and we let bottom-up, let people pursue whatever dreams or needs they have, the pursuit of happiness. And in just two centuries, we've doubled how long people live across the whole globe, not just in our country. But you're 100% right, Kim. When humans are free to pursue their dreams and passions, 
wonderful things happen. When we put barriers in front of that, um, tragic things happen, as you see in Venezuela. Well, that's for sure. So, Chris Wright, it's just been absolutely fascinating to have you in studio. And we're going to do this on a monthly basis, talk about innovations in energy, because I think it's really important that people understand what is going on, the creativity and innovation. And I find it inspiring what you and your team has done over at Liberty Oil Field Services. So thank you so much. Thank you. My honor to be here. Okay, great. And uh, so we're just about done with the show. Um, Steve? Hey, before we go, we have on the line with us Jen Hewlin, who is the owner of Water's Edge Winery. And Water's Edge Winery, we are partnering with them and also Tom Cranawitter over at Speakeasy Ideas to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. This is a study of the Federalist Papers that we are doing throughout 2019. It is an exciting event. Jen Hewlin, what a fabulous event we had in January. Good morning, Ken. Yeah, it was amazing. It was sold out, standing room only. The room, you could hear a pin drop when Tom was talking. What an amazing night and and great time. It seemed like everybody loved the food and the wine and what Tom had to say. So, well, great and, event. And speaking of food, Demetrius, your chef, did a fabulous job. And because the food is so good, you're going to be expanding your hours. Yeah, we started on uh, February 1st and going forward for at least until summer and we're going to reevaluate, but we are open now at 11 a.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Um, so, and then 12 on Sundays. And you can come in earlier. We've got a $5 lunch menu special when you buy a glass of wine or a drink. And uh, the food is amazing. Demetrius is amazing. And uh, come in and grab some wine. Well, great idea. And Valentine's Day is coming up. I know that you have put together a really fun event, and that is sold out. I mean, these are great problems to have. However, (laughs) you, you can still help out people to get that romantic gift for their loved one. I can, yeah, absolutely. So we do personalized labels. You can do a gift card. Nothing more that she wants than a gift card to go out with her girlfriends and you stay home and take care of the kids. (laughs) This would be the perfect Valentine's gift. Or you can do a batch of wine. You can come in and just have a night out. We will be closed to the public on Valentine's night unless you've purchased tickets. And I do have six spots actually available at the bar for that event. So if people are interested and they don't mind sitting at the bar, um, the tickets are 110 per couple, and it's a four-course chocolate, food, and wine pairing event. And you can call the winery to get details. Okay. And actually, uh, your website is wewdenver.com. That's like Water's Edge Winery, denver.com. So wewdenver.com, and all the information is right there. Right, Jen? Absolutely. You can find all of our information there. Okay, great. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye, guys. Well, we are at the end of the show, and uh, Chris Wright, it was wonderful to have you here. If people want more information about Liberty Oil Field Services, where can they find that? LibertyFrac.com. LibertyFrac.com. Okay, fantastic. So thanks for being here. And our quote for today is Alex Epstein in his book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. He says, the outcome we're after is to maximize human flourishing. Epstein explains, thus we measure good and bad by what happens to humans now and in the foreseeable future. If this moral standard is agreed upon in a conversation, 
We have structured this as two people looking for what is best for human life, not the normal biases of industry or political party. So thought, you know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChick signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. America.